Well, if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We're on the last chapter of our journey through uh, Paul's letter to the Ephesian church. We're going to take the first three verses. Ephesians chapter 6, the first three verses. Incredibly important passage that if these verses were obeyed, almost all the problems that we see on the news would go away. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother For this is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Father, I pray that you would open this text to us this morning. Lord, I pray that to each and every one of us, you would show us its practical end, that Christ might be pleased with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can see in your sermon notes uh, that uh, there's no backside to the page this week. Usually we have kid questions. Well, this text directs is directed towards children. Uh, so we just have one side uh, to this sheet. Uh, but... Children does involve the little ones, but it also involves anyone uh, who has parents. And, and so this is, is practical to all of us. But I want to especially lean in to the young ones uh, this morning. And I want to tell you how exciting this text is. You might not believe it, but... I want, I'm going to teach you this morning something that God absolutely loves. Now, if you can imagine, what would it be like to please God? What would it be like to live in a way that God was so pleased with me? This text, children, is the text we need to hear. And here's the good news. Not only can God be pleased by our uh, obedience to our parents, but there's reward in it. There's reward. Now, many, uh, many adventures shows out there. Or adventure that a child finds in his heart is, is this search for treasure. Search for something good. Uh, Search for something valuable. And the Bible actually teaches us that when your parents say something to you like, go do this, or don't do that, or do this over here, that this is actually an opportunity to seek a treasure. You might be saying, well, how so? I don't like it when my mom or dad tells me to do this or that. Well, I want to show you. In Proverbs chapter 2, 
And so many of the Proverbs are addressed to sons uh, and, and daughters. And uh, in Proverbs chapter 2, you have a father speaking to his son. Here's what he says. He says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments. You see that? So he says, my sons, his children, if, if you receive my words and view them as like a treasure, if you treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your ear to understanding, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures. Now, now are you catching this? Are you catching this, children? When your parents speak to you, when your parents tell you, do this, don't do that, God says, if you value those words like a hidden treasure, if you long for your parents to teach you and you long for your parents to show you, then, verse 5 says, you will have, you will understand the fear of the Lord and you will find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth and knowledge, uh, are, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. There's nothing more important in your life than you understand God. You understand what God has called you to. And your first chance at understanding what God says, having wisdom from Him that will guide your whole life, is going to come from your parents' mouths. And then it says in verse 7, he stores up sound wisdom. Wisdom is a treasure for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice, watching over the way of the saints. Then you'll understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverse speech. So if you'll listen to your parents, if you'll obey your parents' children, you'll get wisdom from God. God will be like a shield to you. He will guard you. He'll watch over you. Every good path, will be in front of you. And at the beginning of Proverbs 3, the very next proverb, he says, My son, don't forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace will be added to you. Everybody wants a peaceful life. Length of days, days that aren't cut short because of rebellion. And so what we see, unlike what you think maybe naturally in your heart, is that your parents 
commandments, your, your parents' rules, they are good. They are a treasure. Satan is the one that would want you to think of them. Think of your parents as your enemy. Let's think of the Garden of Eden, for example. Remember Adam? He was told that he could eat from any tree of the garden. He had freedom to eat from any tree of the garden, except the tree in the middle of the garden. God said, if you eat of that tree, you will surely die. And when Adam and Eve decided not to obey God, the one who is their father, look at what happened. Sin came into the world. Death came into the world. All the heartache, all the tears, all the crying came from Adam and Eve rebelling against the authority of God. God's rules are always meant for our good. And a parent's instruction to their children is always meant for their good. It was interesting. Uh, I was reading in MacArthur's commentary. Uh, this must have been old. This is from the Minnesota Crime Commission, uh, an article uh, that was issued, a report that was issued. Now, I doubt they still say this today uh, in Minnesota, but from the Minnesota Crime Commission, uh, there was a report given that demonstrated the truthfulness of this biblical view. So the Crime Commission, here's what, here's what it says. Every baby starts life as a little savage. He is completely selfish and self-centered. He wants what he wants when he wants it. His bottle, his mother's attention, his playmate's toys, his uncle's watch, or whatever. Denying him these are uh, deny him these and he sees with rage and aggressiveness, which would be murderous if he were not so helpless. He is dirty, he has no morals, no knowledge, no developed skills. This means that all children, not just certain children, but all children are born delinquent. If permitted to continue in their self-centered world of infancy, given free reign to their impulsive actions, to satisfy each want, every child would grow up to be a criminal, a thief, a killer, or a rapist. So that's not even from a Christian perspective. That's from a law enforcement perspective at one point in time from the Minnesota Crime Commission. Which means the most dangerous thing, children, the most dangerous thing to yourself is you. It's your own selfishness that you are born with because you're sons and daughters of Adam. And God's good gift to you is your parents and the authority they have 
in your life. The Apostle Paul tells us about the destruction of a society. In 2 Timothy 3.1, he says this, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. Now, the last days are as soon as Christ returned, he died on the cross, he was raised. We're living in the last days right now. He says, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, and reckless. Paul said these days are coming. And a few verses later, he says it's going to go from bad to worse. In verse 13 of this same chapter. Children are going to grow up disobedient to parents. They're going to be arrogant. They're going to be rude. They're going to be heartless. They're not going to care about other people. And so it's important for us to ask the question, well, what can we do about this? What can we do about this? What hope is there? And I just want to locate this text in its proper context. We've been through this a lot. Remember back in chapter 5 when uh, we looked at uh, three contrasts and then, we, and then out of the third contrast came three commands and out of the third command, uh, which is be filled with the Spirit, uh, was, was to be filled with the Spirit. Out of that command, we were charged with this, to worship God, to be thankful, and to be submissive to one another. Well, out of that third command, be submissive to one another, wives were called to be submissive to their husbands. Husbands are called to submit themselves to the same love Christ had for the church as they love their wives. And now children are supposed to obey their parents. But listen to me. You can't do it, children, unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit. The only one that can actually be obedient to their parents from the heart are those who are filled with the Holy Spirit. The same way the only wife, way a wife could be submissive to her husband or her husband could love his wife is out of their reverence for Christ. It's the same thing. And so three things I want to point out this morning. Uh, the charge is this. Children, obey your parents. For, and the first point is this, it is naturally right. All right, look at verse 1, Ephesians 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now that word children is not the word used for infant or very small child. It's the general term that refers uh, to any offspring. So when I'm saying children throughout the sermon, just because you're older, this doesn't mean uh, 
that it doesn't have implications for you. Now, it is true uh, from the verses we looked at last week uh, that a child is to leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. And so there's a point where children's relationship with their parents is in an honoring relationship, not an obedience relationship. So that transition takes place. But children that are under the roof of their parents, children that are not in adulthood, are called to obey their parents. Uh, Obey is an action. In a moment, we're going to talk about the heart attitude when we think of the word honor. But to obey is to listen to what your parents say. In fact, this word, it's an interesting word that when you hear obey in the English, you don't understand it. Like right now, when I talk, you can hear a little ring. Hung, hung. You you hear that sound? That's because the acoustics aren't the best. Well, the Greek word used here is the same word we use for acoustics. All right? It's hupakao. And it, it's a command that literally means to hear under. Children, what you're supposed to do is listen to your parents and what they say. And the action you're supposed to do is you're supposed to put yourself under those words and say, yes, I want to obey those words. If you can imagine if... For example, if a hailstorm came and you went and you put yourself under a shelter so it didn't hurt you, in the same way, your own hearts are going to tend to be selfish. And that selfishness will ruin your life. And so God is telling you to run and get under the protection of your parents' words. That's what it means to obey. That's the action to be taken. Now let's be honest, teenagers. Let's be honest, seven-year-olds. When your parents tell you to do something, how many of you get really excited as though something very valuable has been given to you? How many of you say, oh yes, treasure has come to me. My parents are instructing me. I'm being saved from my own selfishness and my own harm right now. Now, I know you probably don't feel that way, but that's because poison is in your hearts. Because that's true. Sin lives in all of our hearts. And so when our parents, when your parents ask you to do something and they tell you not to do something, God wants you to see that this is a gift given from Him. Now, it takes faith to believe that. It takes faith to believe that. And then He says, children... Obey your parents in the Lord. Let me tell you what this means. God never gave you perfect parents. Your parents are sinful. 
And I know that you see your parents' sin better than anyone else probably. You get to see it. God's charge to be obedient to parents isn't because He gave you the perfect parents. He wants you to obey them in the Lord. Meaning, He wants you to look at what Jesus did for you. And Jesus says, this will please me if you obey your parents. So so your motivation for obeying your parents has to be because your eyes are on Jesus and God said it and so it's right and it's good. All right? Because you're going to be tempted to say, you know what? I don't think they're being good right now and so I'm going to do my own thing. But when you decide to do that, what you really say is, Jesus, I don't care about you and I don't care what you say. So we're called to obey, children are called to obey their parents in the Lord. And someone might say, well, what if my parents were to ask me to do something that I know God doesn't like? Could be an abusive thing. Could be something that you know you're not supposed to do. Well, you're to obey your parents in the Lord. So, if your parents ever asked you to do something that was sinful, you need to obey the Lord and you need to go to other people that you know love the Lord and ask them for help in that situation. All right? So you're to obey your parents in the Lord. All right. And then he says this, and this is the point of this point. For this is right. This is right. It comes from the word uh, um, that means righteous. It refers to that which is just and right and correct. Uh, it's interesting. John Stott calls, talks about this as natural justice. Uh, medieval theology referred to it as uh, Something that doesn't depend on special revelation. It's a part of the natural law. Every culture, every culture knows, except maybe for the one we're beginning to be in now, but inherently, I even think in this culture, built into everyone's heart, when a child is being disrespectful to their parents and disobedient, there's something that inside says this isn't right. It doesn't matter. Go to any tribe and there's something that is naturally right in children obeying their parents. And we actually live in a society where our colleges are bringing in teachers, popular teachers. Some of them are saying we need to free the children. We need to free them from their parents. We need to free them from the educational system. We need to get rid of the family. That's the destructive thing in society. Where in fact, it's the exact opposite of that. If you have children that are disobedient to parents, they'll be disobedient to other authorities in their life. In the world, 
we would find ourselves in would be total rebellion and chaos. The fabric of a culture begins in the husband and wife relationship and then the child-parent relationship. Next week, I'm going to address parents. This week, I'm addressing children more. And we'll talk about the importance of the role that if they don't learn to respect authority, I know they're cute, and I know they can have times of sweetness, but they'll grow up and to be monsters. You might be standing over their casket someday because of foolishness that they never learned. And so this is uh, very important. It's right. He just makes the point. Obey your parents. It's right. This is the way God made the world. It is naturally right. It is so right. Now listen to me, children. It is so right that even Jesus needed to do this. Even Jesus needed to obey his parents. You remember the story when Jesus was in the temple and his parents left him? They were traveling in a big group, so they didn't realize he was left there. And they were a couple, couple days went by, they realized they didn't have him. And they come back to him. Here's what we read in Luke 2, uh, 48. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? They had to have been so scared. Why have you treated us so? Behold your, fa behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. So what did he do then? So Jesus didn't sin there. Jesus was doing what was right, and his parents didn't even understand his answer. But what did Jesus do next? Here's what the text says. And he went down with them, and he came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. That's what Jesus did. Even when his parents didn't understand, even when Jesus was right and they were wrong, what did Jesus do? He was submissive to his father and his mother. Jesus lived this way. And so we are called to live this way. The second point in your notes is that uh, we children are to obey your parents for it's a commandment of God. God commands it. Not is it naturally right, not is it self-evidently right, but God just says to do it. He says it this way. He says a little different. Honor your father and mother, verse 2 says. This is the first commandment with a promise. This is taken from Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land and that the Lord, that the Lord your God is giving you. 
So God was giving Israel specific land and there was specific blessing if they would obey his command. But Paul now, in the new covenant, comes along and he reiterates this. And we know that the land promised to Israel, the rest from their enemies, ultimately is fulfilled in Jesus. It's rest ultimately fulfilled in Jesus, but there's blessing to being obedient to this command even today, even to us today. This is the only commandment that addresses the family directly. This is the only commandment in one sense that evidently is needed for families to live at peace. Children, do you realize that a big part of the peace in your house will be determined by whether or not you take this command seriously. Honor your father and mother. Sometimes you might think your parents are in control of everything. Well, you can bring a lot of heartache into your home yourself, even though you're young and you're little and you, and you, and you think, what, it doesn't really matter what I do. That is not true. That is not true. God has given a command. And His command is to honor your father and mother. Now, if obedience is an action, remember what obedience means? It means like running underneath your parents' words. It's hard for me to stay at this mic. I want to come over there. Your parents speak. You run under their words as protection. That's an action. Honor. What does honor mean? Honor is in heart attitude. It's a heart attitude. One of the things we would tell, we tell our kids is obey right away without delay, right from the start with a joyful heart. Here's what this means. If you do the right thing, if you do what your parents ask you to do, but you roll your eyes, or you, you grunt, you're like, ah, I know you guys don't do that probably. Maybe you do. But when you do that, you're actually not keeping the commandment of God. Because honor means that you show your parents respect, that you value what they say. When you roll your eyes, what you say is, I think what you say is stupid, and I don't think you're important in my life right now. But God says to have the heart attitude of honor towards your parents. So God calls you not just to do what they say right away. If your parents have to nag you, if your parents have to ask you twice or three times, here's what you need to know. You need to say to yourself, I'm not being obedient. That's a sin. That's a sin against Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus, for making my mom and dad ask me more than once to do the thing that I have asked them to do. It's interesting. Throughout history, people try to figure out 
uh, how to what what to do with the Ten Commandments. Uh, in more ancient history, the Jews uh, viewed uh, the commandments as having five commandments on one tablet and five commandments on another tablet, and the first five referred to man's relationship to God, and the second five having to do with man's relation uh, to neighbor. So love God, love neighbor. You got two halves. In in more modern days, uh, it's broken up. Usually the first four commandments are in relation to God. The last uh, six are in relation to neighbor. And the reason why it's difficult, I don't know for sure what the right answer is, but the reason why it's difficult is because this obedience is called to be given out of reverence for Christ. In fact, when the Bible talks about us treating God as holy, here's what he says in Leviticus 20, verse 8. So, actually, we're going to begin in verse Leviticus 19. And here's the question I'm asking at the front end. So, Children, how big a deal is it when you don't obey your parents? All right? That's the question we're asking. God's going to tell us. All right? In His Word. God's going to tell us. In Leviticus 19, verse 1, He says this, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, this must be really important, He says this, You shall... You shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. That's the command. You should be holy, for I am holy. And then he says, every one of you shall revere his mother and father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. See the first section of these commandments here. We're to keep God as holy. We're not supposed to have idols. Right? We're to keep the Sabbath. We're to revere our father and mother. He says, I am the Lord your God. Do not turn to idols or make for yourself any gods of cast metal. I am the Lord your God. The reason why disobedience or not honoring your father and mother is so terrible is because it's a direct attack against God himself. All right, so what sort of punishment did the law have for children that were disobedient? All right, I want you to listen. All the children, look at me. I want you to listen to this. It's really important. Leviticus 20, verse 8. Here's the law of God. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. For anyone who curses... His father or his mother shall surely be put to death, for he has cursed his father or his mother. For he who has cursed his father or mother, his blood be upon his own head. His blood be upon him. That's a big deal. If you look at your parents and you curse them and say, I don't care about you, I don't want to listen to you, God says what that deserves is death in Israel. That's a big big 
thing. And then in Deuteronomy 20 verse, or 21, verse 18, he says this. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them. So you get the picture? It's a stubborn, rebellious son or daughter. They won't, they won't listen to the parents at all. Though they discipline him, they won't listen to him. That's what the text says. Then his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives. And they shall say to the elders, this, this our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Now, now this is interesting. So this child had grown up to the point where they basically said, I want what I want when I want it. And I want it no matter what. I'm going to eat and eat and eat and eat as long as I want. I have no self-control. I'm going to drink and drink and drink and drink without any self-control. This is a son that had gotten to the point where there's no self-control. They're to be brought to the elders of the city. Say, this is our rebellious son. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then the men of this city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the evil from your midst and all Israel shall hear and fear. How big a deal is it when you rebel against your father and mother? What it deserves, according to God, is death. And the reason why it was important to rid Israel of that son is because that son was going to corrupt Israel. And Israel needed to be warned. As that boy was being stoned, every child that saw that would say, it must be really important to obey my father and my mother. Now here's the thing, children. In order to get into heaven, in order to be made right with God, you have to have obeyed your parents absolutely perfectly. Absolutely perfectly. Which means you all, just like me, and in big trouble before God. Right? Unless, unless we repent of our sin and turn to Jesus. Right? Here's the reality. Child, you need to see the rebellion in your own heart. If you just think, I'm just like every other kid, it's no big deal. Well, then here's what you'll never do. You'll never repent. You'll never hate your own sin. You'll just say, I'm just like everyone else. It's no big deal. And if you never repent, if you never turn from your sin and look for the Savior, if you never realize how bad your sin is, you're not going to think Jesus is a big deal. 
So if you don't see how evil it is when you disobey your parents, you won't turn to Jesus. And if you don't turn to Jesus, you'll never have forgiveness for your sins. Because here's the thing. Jesus was a child once, and he never sinned. He lived the life you and I could never live. And he lived that life perfectly to give it as a gift to you if you'll trust in him. Do you realize that when Jesus died on the cross and he was nailed to that cross and killed and God's punishment was on him, do you realize that was because of your sins? But that's good news. Because if Jesus died for your sins, that means your sins can be forgiven if you'll trust in Him by faith. If you'll turn from your sins by faith. These questions I put in here, parents, go through with your children. Go through. Don't just bring them through a process, have them jump through some hoops and say a prayer. Listen to their hearts. Are they broken over their sin? Do they understand what a holy God has called them to do? Do they, do they see their own selfishness in their heart? Obey your parents for it's the gift of God's grace. Here's the good news, children. By yourself, you could never obey your parents. All you could do is be selfish. But if you'll turn to Jesus, He will fill you with the Holy Spirit, which means God will live inside you. He'll give you a new heart, which means that you can actually change. Sometimes my girls will ask me, Dad, I don't like it. How do I stop? I keep doing it. How do I stop? And what I say is you can't do it in your own strength. You have, you have to ask God to help change your heart. You have to learn what God is like. When you learn what God is like and you love it, you'll start becoming like Him. And you'll find yourself starting to repent of your sin. Ask for forgiveness. You see, to be obedient is a gift. And it brings a blessing into your life. It's God's grace in your life. And since we have the new birth, we can have a new family. We can have a new relationship between husband and wife. We can have a new relationship between children and their parents. I want to end by reading something from John Stott that I just thought was helpful. He said, there's an essential continuity between the old order, meaning the old covenant, the, the old order. There's an essential uh, continuity between the old order and the new, between the original creation and the new creation in Christ. Families have not been abolished. Men and women still marry and have children. In the Lord, there are still husbands and wives, parents and children. What has changed relates to the ravages of the fall. 
For the family life, which God created at the beginning and pronounced to be good, was spoiled by human rebellion and selfishness. Relationships fell apart. Society was fractured. Love was twisted into lust and authority into oppression. But now in the Lord, by his reconciling work, God's new society has begun. I know you don't have a perfect home. I know there's not always peace in your homes. I know that's true. But here's what I also know. If you're in Christ, there can be more peace. If you're in Christ, you can grow and become more like Christ. And that curse that I know you feel within your family or that fall, the selfishness that reigns in all of our hearts, the remaining selfishness that's still there. We feel that, but we don't have to be enslaved to that. We can have peace if we'll go to Christ for forgiveness and we'll be filled with the Spirit and we'll seek to please the Lord. So children, here's how you're going to obey your parents. You need to remember these three things. God is good, God is great, and God is wise. He's good, and He's great, and He's wise. And He's given you this commandment. And your, your uh, motivation to obey your parents needs to be because you see Him and say, He's worth it. He knows what He's doing. This will be a blessing in my life. It's a treasure to obey Him.